Ever feel like process is slowing you down? You're not alone. Our guest today once counted 26 steps for just getting a teaspoon in the hands of one of his restaurant managers. Stick around to hear what he learned through this. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there, delight others, and reach your goals. Let's get started. David Kong is the founder and principal of DEI Advisors, a nonprofit focused on empowering others. Previously, he was the president and CEO of BWH Hotel Group, and when he retired from that role, he was the longest-running CEO of any major hotel company. We've heard from him in previous episodes that I'll link to in the show notes, but I wanted to share a new part of our conversation where we talk all about process, why it matters, but also where it can become too much, and where you need to drive change. I think even today... Many people discount the importance of process, and I'm obsessed with operations because I feel operations unlocks everything we love in hospitality, right? It's that experience, it's the employee experience, it's the guest experience. It's all about how you do things. And I'm curious from that role and maybe your subsequent experience, what did you learn about process design broadly? Interesting you should pick this topic, process engineering, because a lot of people don't even think about it. It's just like people mindlessly do whatever they do, thinking, well, that's the way that's always been done, not thinking about whether it's the most optimal way of doing something. I'll share an example with you. I studied the process of ordering a teaspoon in a hotel for the coffee shop, and I found that there were 26 steps involved. 26 steps. It's absolutely amazing. From the assistant manager telling the manager that they need a teaspoon to filling out a requisition, multiple steps in the requisition approval, and then that gets transcribed onto finally an order, to placing the order, to receiving it, to finally getting the teaspoon in the hands of a restaurant manager, 26 steps. Crazy. How ridiculous is that when you can go to a restaurant supply and just buy the teaspoons in one step? So I'm curious, I have to ask, 26 steps, how did you advise cutting that down? Well, I just told a story. I wrote down the steps on a flip chart, and it filled three, four flip charts, because you couldn't write 26 steps down on one flip chart. It's a lot of steps. And I asked the general managers... What do you think? They all said, that's ridiculous. How much time and money do we waste in those 26 steps when you could have just gone out and bought it? So we totally redesigned the process as a result. And there's so many administrative things that we do in the name of control that is so stupid and so inefficient if people just thought about it. And that's why we say, when you, people, when you have people come to work, make sure they bring their brains with them. You're not, you didn't hide a person because of his body or her body. You hide a whole person. Make sure they bring their brains to work and they can really contribute because it doesn't make sense. A lot of things that we do just doesn't make sense. If people that are doing it would just say, it doesn't make sense. Can I try this new way? I mean, if people would speak up, we'd be so much more efficient. 
Interesting. So that's underneath that. I'm curious, is there anything else underneath this that you advised as a leader or advise people today around, you said someone could just go to the store and buy it. So it's that sort of empowerment mentality of we don't need to document everything, bring the right people in, trust them, empower them to just make stuff happen. That's precisely the point because there are two factors here. The need for control, right? When there are some people in high positions that want to have control over every little thing. And that's wrong because to a certain extent, if you empower people, you set some boundaries for them. Like in the case of the restaurant operation having to buy supplies, you say you can spend X amount of money every month on supplies and you can go get it from this source or that source You give them some choices. So you have some control over whom they're buying from and you get the best prices, you negotiate that in advance and you have those contracts in place. Then you have those boundaries in place. You can empower people to make those choices and they feel good about their job because then they don't have to ask you for permission. How do we feel when we have to go and ask someone for permission to do some little thing, right? You don't feel good about your job and your stature. So it is so silly. So that's the control, you have to let go of that. And people have to feel comfortable about being empowered because you can't just say, go do this. Well, if the person doesn't have boundaries, they won't feel good about doing something because it's not what they're used to. So you set boundaries so they feel comfortable and you feel comfortable. And then lastly, we have to recognize that change is very difficult. I came up with all kinds of great ideas, I thought, and how we can streamline processes and make things work more efficiently. But it was almost impossible to implement that in the field because the general managers felt like this is my kingdom. How dare you come in and tell me how to do my job? So you have to overcome that and make them feel like they are driving the changes. And they are benefiting from the results of the changes. And it's, it's a real art. Change management is a real art. It's a very difficult thing to do. But it's something that you need to do. Interesting. And maybe that ties back to listening, as you mentioned earlier. Maybe it starts with understanding what do you think, hearing their perspective. And I imagine that's a part of effective change management as well. And also top down. I said earlier, we have to have the board be the role model. You have to have the executive team be the role model. Then it's easier. So in my case, at Hired, it took the president of the company saying, this is what I want. Now you go figure it out. <laughs> so when the general managers and the controllers are tasked with having to streamline the operation, whom do they turn to now? <laughs> they have to adopt some of these ideas. <laughs> Great hospitality providers know that every touchpoint matters a lot, so they spend a lot of time making sure that each interaction better serves their guests and makes life easier for their teams. If you'd like to operate this way, I suggest you check out Sojourn. They've built a reputation as the market leader in helping hotels and resorts earn direct bookings through digital advertising over the years. And more recently, they've expanded into offering a complete suite of guest experience solutions, including an AI smart concierge, reputation manager, and guest marketing suite. 
I've been working with Sojourn for years now, and everything from the way their technology is built to the talented experts they have on staff makes it no surprise that when I talk with people about technology, Sojourn comes up again and again. Hospitality providers love them. If you'd like to learn more about how Sojourn can help you better engage your guests and drive more profitable direct bookings, visit Sojourn.com. That's S-O-J-E-R-N.com. Before we go, I want to let you know about a few more things. First, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app to stay inspired each day by actionable insights from the most interesting people in hospitality. Second, I've started sharing videos and photos from the stories on this show on Instagram and YouTube, so if you'd like to see those or watch along, I encourage you to follow Hospitality Daily there so we can stay in touch. Third, if you'd like to listen to more conversations like the one you just heard, visit this podcast website at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. I've spent a lot of time building out this website because I want to make it really easy for you to listen to the topics and guests that you are interested in, whether that's culture and leadership or operations or technology or something else. Browse and search the entire library of more than 400 episodes for some of the top leaders and innovators in hospitality at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com to get ideas for delighting the people around you and reaching your business and career goals. I produce this podcast each day and give it away for free because I want us all to learn and grow together. If you enjoyed today's episode, I just have one favor to ask. Please take a moment to text or email this episode to a friend or colleague who might appreciate it as well. They'll be grateful to hear from you and what we covered in the show can help them as I hope it helped you today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here tomorrow. 